If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Welcome to the Veterinarian Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and uh, I have to record a, an episode on student loans, right? Like you have to with all the news, all the reaction, all the comments. And with that, what I want to do is kind of recap the news, discuss it, and give you some, I guess, context from my perspective, right, um, on what this may look like into the future that maybe you haven't thought about, right? So um, first and foremost, the forgiveness of the $10,000 of student loans and up to 20000 for Pell Grants, and we'll get into all this, it's good for a lot of clients and people that I know, right? And there is some self-serving aspect of that, but then there's also the personal side of what I believe to be the correct decision or what the responsible is, and that doesn't always have to jive. And so I think you can be able to leverage the student loan repayment plans or the um, forgiveness and say, hey, this is helpful to me, but also I don't necessarily agree with the decision. So um, just keep that in mind as we go through. Before I jump into the episode, we're going to take a quick break, hit the sponsors who help make the show possible, and then be right back. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to a hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own vet check pet urgent care center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. All right, so let's dive in. First and foremost, if you do not subscribe and are on the email list for Megan Landris's student loan update emails. She is fantastic. She's been a guest on the show twice and highly, highly encourage you to do that. Some of the information that I'm going to share, pull from, um, make it concise came from her. There's other sources as well, but I certainly want to give her a shout out. Again, if you need help going through stuff and you just want student loan help, I would highly, highly recommend her. Um, obviously if you're like, Hey, I want to discuss 
go through and like, hey, how does this student loan piece like factor into everything else I'm doing? That's where I think the financial planning perspective comes into play. And that's where I would say, hey, reach out to those advisors on the Veterinary Financial Advisor Network or VFAN, and they can certainly help you there as well. So federal loan payments and interest have been postponed again since, again, to January 2023. Fun update on our team, uh, Dr. Ryan Koopmans, who is a, an advisor at Vincere. We had a fun little um, bet. And I have now officially won since the loans have been pushed back through midterms, which is what I thought they would be. So that's a, a fun little thing. But I never really had a lot of doubt. Like I, I felt pretty confident that they would continue to get kicked. And this basically means more free credit for those pursuing an, an income-driven repayment plan or PSLF. So that is fantastic. And it's more interest cost savings for those paying off their federal loans. So just, again, that's really, really important where you're still going to get the credit for that as it continues down the road, and you do not necessarily need to be making payments. And I'm going to come back to that thought as well uh, here in a little bit. The Department of Education has also announced it's going to provide up to $20,000 in debt cancellation to Pell Grant recipients with loans held by the Department of Education, and up to $10,000 in debt cancellation to non-Pell Grant recipients. To be eligible, and I think this is the, the key one, your annual income must have fallen below $125,000 for individuals or $250,000 for married couples or filing head of household, and that's AGI. There are several posts from the Washington um, Post claiming that you can use 2020 or 2021 income, so leverage that as you see fit. I have not seen an official announcement on that, but it seems to be that you can use income from years past, so especially if you've started your career and you're making more or something happened, you change jobs and you're making more, go back and try to use that older income to make sure that you can get the $10,000, right? Um, the other thing is that the borrowed unpaid monthly interest, again, that's still going to be um, helpful because the loan balance will not grow as long as you are making your monthly payments into the future. And that's a little bit of a change. So even if you were going for forgiveness, um, the loan would still grow and that would then grow into what would be the tax bomb in the future where now that is going to change. So that's huge as well. The other piece is there's a potential to have an option for people to cap their payments at 5% of discretionary income versus the 10 or 15 that exists now for income-driven plans. This seems to be only undergraduate loans, but stay tuned because this could evolve as well. And a lot of this stuff still, it's been the announcement. It's not effective yet. So there's still a lot of like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What's the action? At the moment, it's just taking in the information, making sure that you're paying attention to emails that you're likely going to be getting. And, you know, figuring out, okay, what was my income in 2020, 2021? What is my current repayment plan? Do I need to switch it? And just working through that. So right now, that's what I would encourage you to do. And then finally, a big note, and this is what I kind of alluded to earlier, there's a provision of the CARES Act that allows you to ask for a refund on any student loan payments since March of 2020 until the end of the payment freeze. So if you paid down your final ten dollars to $20,000 of student loan debt, since March 2020, I would absolutely be calling your servicer if you were under the 125 as a single individual or 250 as a household married filing jointly, ask for a refund because you literally can get a refund for those monies that you paid into it. Again, it has to be federal loans, but that's huge. Also, if you were making payments and all of a sudden you decided, hey, this inflation thing's not going down, life's got more expensive and you were making payments, you can get a refund for that too even if you still have a student loan balance. So that is one that I would uh, certainly, certainly encourage you to do. So 
again, as I, I talked about at the top, I believe that the loan forgiveness policy is a bad one, candidly. I, I personally think that it, this is a terrible decision, but it is beneficial to Vincere and to clients that we work with 100%. And canceling $10,000 in student loan debt doesn't necessarily create more inflation because it's a balance sheet thing, like it's already there, and the payments stopped you know, over two years ago. The repayment moratorium for another four months is a bigger deal. And that is absolutely ongoing inflationary because it's keeping more money in the pockets of student loan repayers. They can spend it on other stuff where if it's, hey, you know, starting in uh, September, so next month, right, in a couple days, you have to start making student loan repayments. That's coming from somewhere. That's coming from other spending. Maybe you're not going out to eat. Maybe you're not, you know, doing other things that would be more discretionary spending. So there absolutely is an inflationary piece to this, but it's important to understand the nuance there. It's not the forgiveness. It's the ongoing moratorium. I do believe that it's kind of unethical to forgive loans without giving to those that paid their way through college or, you know, really got aggressive and paid down their college tuition. Because, like, how is that giving any sort of responsibility to those that have done it? And you may disagree with me here, but if I was a veterinarian that got really aggressive and delayed, you know, buying a house, starting a family, doing these other things to pay down my debt, and someone else did all those things, yeah, I would be a little bitter about that as well. And again, I believe that this is going to benefit me from a business owner for who I work with. Absolutely. I mean, I personally, again, my story, I'm not a veterinarian, and I think everyone that listens to this knows, I worked 35 hours a week to put myself through undergrad and then through grad school, took classes at night, worked full-time once I graduated with undergrad, I had zero debt by the time I graduated my MBA. Whoopty, right? Like I know that I'm not a veterinarian. I didn't go as long, but I did go to grad school and, and did work a lot to pay down that. Now I try to do it in a cost conscious way, which I know is difficult. But what about those that sacrificed and aggressively pay down debt? Like where's my $10,000 check? I didn't take vacations. I didn't buy a home right away. I didn't get the new car. I didn't upgrade. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily you, but there are people that have done this and now they're going to get the benefit of it. So what it's doing is not teaching any sort of accountability. And that's my biggest issue with it. It's no longer valid. What they're saying is the dollar just don't matter. They're fake. And I've, I've stressed on this so many different times. And part of it is like, this is why, you know, Isaiah is the crazy Bitcoin person because the dollars are fake. They're just saying, mm, doesn't matter. This $10,000 was wiping it away. And they're going to continue to create dollars at nauseum to address other issues without thoughts of ramifications. And that should scare the hell out of you. That should wake you up and say, okay, I'm spending all this time to make this money, but then they can go find $10,000. Like, why am I paying taxes? Why am I, you know, paying down my debts if they're just going to forgive them? And so Tyler McBroom, who's a big like Instagram CPA guy, he had an interesting post that I wanted to share. And it's some quick numbers on the student loan forgiveness. Estimated cost $298 billion. Percentage of households in the U.S. who pay zero income tax is 57%. Number of households who do pay tax is 69.4 million. That means each household who actually pays tax will pay $4,293 for someone else to get $10,000. So again, there's going to be certain people that you know are still paying tax that are getting the student loan forgiveness, but that's pretty wild if you think about it. And again, I get life isn't fair, and you can be like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to get mine. And I think that is absolutely part of the, the issue as well is right now people are going to scrap and fight and try to make everything for themselves. And what I believe will continue to happen is the dollar is going to continue to trend towards zero and your purchasing power is going to be erased. And so the game now 
is acquiring assets. And there's a reason if you've listened to the podcast over years, I've harped on practice ownership. I've harped on buying assets. I've harped on not really trying to pay down debt aggressively because I look at it. If, if other people are going to have irresponsible decisions, why should you be the responsible one? Because you're going to be punished for that. Debt is an asset now, not a liability. And I talked about that in the inflation episode, and I'm going to reference that here in a little bit. There's another post, Kyle Welsh. He's an assistant, per, or assistant professor at George Washington University. And he goes, as an accounting professor, I can confidently say this without bias. Canceling student loan debt helps my employer, GW. Um, GWU helps my job, helps my family, helps some of my former students. It is horrible for everyone else. Only 35% of Americans go to university and a smaller amount take out debt. It's bad not because it's a handout, it's bad because it makes the problem worse. Universities need to innovate to lower costs. This will diminish that pressure. 100%. We're not addressing the actual issue of colleges being expensive. That, to me, would be the better take is saying, hey, this has gotten bloated. Let's address the fundamental issue instead of just saying, hey, here's the money. So he goes, let me give you a real-world example of what I mean. A few years ago, the CFA exam was created as an alternative to signal financial knowledge in labor markets. At first, it didn't have much traction. Over a few decades, it became one of the most important signals to have, a fin have in finance labor markets. I've heard multiple employers say they prefer two years of experience in a CFA over a master's degree. The CFA exam decimated the cost of signaling ability and knowledge in the financial labor market. It's precisely the type of competition intended in capital markets to make things better for consumers, i.e. students, and lower the cost of education signals to employers. Canceling student debt is great for me, great for my family, great for my school, and great for or <laughs> perpetuating uh, all problems in education. It is not my own interest to say that, but it is the truth. And uh, that was his post. So I thought that was interesting as well. And again, veterinary medicine is a little bit different as far as saying like, hey, you have to go get these skills. You have to go through this process. But there's a lot of other you know, careers and a lot of other student debt that's getting forgiven that can be driven down by saying, hey, what are the other skills that can be, be had? And it's not addressing, again, college is just charging so darn much for the education, like let's get that more efficient and let's spend the money, The again, let's go back to the uh, $298 billion and let's address the college cost issue. I think that would be a better use of funds. So inflation, so monetary inflation, the creation of more monetary units and debt jubilees are the only way out, in my opinion, right? So expect a lot more of these type of announcements. And for those that aren't familiar, a debt jubilee is a clearance of debt from public record across a wide section or a nation. Today, so this is a, a, a quote by someone that I follow. It goes, today wasn't about canceling 10K worth of student loan debt. Today was about giving the public comfortable with eventually canceling much more, if not the majority of private debts. Many, many more private debts will be moved to the public balance sheet over the next few years. When he says public balance sheet, he's meaning the federal government. And then I, I'm adding buckle up. Because what's going to happen is you're not incentivized to pay down debt and be responsible if you know that it might be forgiven. You're going to say, mm, I'll make my minimum payments. So why get aggressive on all these other things? Why get aggressive paying off your mortgage or your car? Now, like credit card debt, yes, you should still because that's going to be hurtful in the near term. But they're, they're making the case that it doesn't make sense to pay down these other debts. Because what happens if someone makes an irresponsible decision and just says, hey, we're going to forgive that. This is how we're going to do stimulus. We're just going to forgive debt. And you worked your ass off to pay down your mortgage, pay off your car, pay off all these other things. You don't get anything from that. So the incentive is not there. So what do you do? Again, I laid out the playbook for decision-making in inflation, um, episode 106. Go back and listen to that if you've not listened to it. 
Inflation is not just the CPI or the consumer price index. It's also the currency units in existence. The Federal Reserve has been tightening and reducing that, but the Inflation Reduction Act and the Student Loan Forgiveness are both counterbalances to that. We will, without a doubt in my mind, see the acceleration of U.S. dollar purchasing power loss as we move into 2023, 2024, 2025, and so on. The term is called monetary debasement. I sound like a broken record, but if you get this wrong, it's going to be really trouble for you in the future because what's going to happen is you have people that are raised and told from their parents to do the responsible thing because their parents did that. They paid down debt, they did these, and they saved. Well, right now you're seeing the cost of everything going up, and if you don't buy assets, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be like, wow, I just feel like I cannot get ahead. And that's what's happening because there's going to be people that look at this and say, why pay down my debts when I can just go leverage things, go borrow money, buy assets, or just not worry about paying down my personal debts and go acquire things to then position myself to get forgiveness. And then I still get to keep those assets. So a rational market actor is going to benefit from this. So if you're ideologically, you know, trying to say, this is the way that I think about the world, this is how it should work. You might suffer the consequences of your ideology by the market still doing what it's going to do. You need to look at your loans as an asset, not what you were told or what you feel like you should do, what's historically been responsible. The move by the president is saying your hard work at your hospital, your clinic, your practice, doesn't matter because we can just go make $10,000 and pay it off. But if you bought stocks, real estate, or Bitcoin, you still get to keep that. So what's the point of being aggressive paying off your student loans? Because guess what? The money that you paid off the loans is not coming back to you. And the person that didn't pay off their loans is now getting the $10,000. They're $10,000 ahead. But those that don't get the money and buy assets that you will want in the future. So as one Twitter thread put it, rip the bandit off, accelerate the inflation, devalue the U.S. dollar, and move it into Bitcoin. He said, while this is greedy, it gets us to the Bitcoin-denominated economies and more human flourishing faster. Again, that is a Bitcoin lens to this, but you can you, you replace Bitcoin there with other assets. And again... This is not necessarily what I think is the right thing to do, but I think it is what you are going to be incentivized to do. And if I'm trying to be here and say, hey, I care about you making decisions that will be beneficial to you longer term, it's not to pay down the debt. I think paying off debt is going to be for suckers. Sorry, I don't agree with that morally or ethically, but you need to understand the rules of the game that we're playing and then make moves accordingly. Buy assets and pay the minimum on debt that's not a credit card or high double-digit interest rates. So if it's north of call it 12%, yeah, you should, I still think it behooves you to pay that down. If it's a car loan, a mortgage, student loans, and others that are maybe, you know, sub 10%, I just, it's starting to make less and less sense, which I know is a really hard mindset shift. And again, I would reference back to the episode that I did in the inflation episode that's 106. I think that kind of outlines a lot more of this as well, but I promise you there is, like a rationale for some of the things that I say, again, it is only one person's opinion. At the end of the day, it's your money, your decisions. What I am saying is the rules of the game are shifting and you're not going to be given the benefit of making wise decisions. And the wise decisions to make are to go and get assets that can't be taken away from you if we move into this world of debt forgiveness or debt jubilees where you can get aggressive and pay it down. And what they're going to say is, is this fair for other people? And I think you heard Biden say it when a reporter asked him and he made some, you know, BS comment. And this has no, you know, left or right type of thing. I don't care. Like, I think the politicians have failed us for years and it doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat, 
But his statement, and I don't know if you've seen the clip, I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. And they say, hey, is it fair for someone to pay down? He's like, is it fair that there are, you know, these big businesses that don't pay any tax? And is that fair? And he leaves and like laughs and thinks that that's a good comment. It's like, no, no, no. We're talking about the person that is, you know, the, the veterinarian, the school teacher, the, the person that said, hey, I'm going to delay getting the things that I really would love to do. And I might be delaying starting a family, a life, whatever with, you know, someone else because I'm trying to pay down debt. And then it's a slap in the face to say, hey, we can do it for someone else that maybe didn't make the responsible decisions. So to me, instead of celebrating this, you should be mad as hell. You should be mad as hell. Because we just said, hey, we'll just go find $10,000 to forgive. And for a lot of people, they need it. And this is a good thing for them. And I think you can hold both of those things inside of your mind and say, hey, there are people that are absolutely deserving of this and will be very helpful and be meaningful to their life. And then I will give, you know, I, I chatted with Meredith Jones. So Dr. Meredith Jones earlier this week, and she was talking about, you know, people will say, hey, well, you signed up for this debt. You should be able to repay it. And she had a really good example too. And I want to give her credit, you know, talking about um, UPenn from like, I think 2015, 2016, where the tuition for the veterinary college went up like 20% per year. So after you got accepted, you started, and now it's going up like crazy. You didn't sign up for that increase. And so there is some that is unfair. And that goes back to the comment I made earlier, which is, yeah, take the 298 billion and go after and have conversations with the university and say, get your shit together and make it so it's not so expensive for people to come and get the education that they need. And that's where we should be focused on is like the cost of education, not just forgiving it because no one's being held accountable. No one is being held accountable. Nothing changes. Like this is just going to happen again. So to me, it's just absolutely lunacy to think that this is a solution. This is a temporary band-aid for an absolute bullet hole. And this is not going to solve issues. All it's going to do is perpetuate and increase the issues that we already have, which is inflation and monetary debasement. So most of the people that are thinking that this is going to be helpful, it's going to be the poison that they drink that's going to actually make it worse because life is going to get more expensive. The houses aren't going to come down because of this. You know, the cost of living, groceries, food, energy, all that stuff, that it is all going to continue to go up based on this and based on these kind of decisions that are irresponsible. No one wants to actually be the adult in the room and say, you know what, maybe we need to change things. Maybe we need a little bit of a dose of accountability. So I know that this is a rant and it's kind of a rant episode. Um, and you don't have to agree with me. You can think that I'm, you know, completely off base here, but I think what you'll see in the next coming years is, hey, this train has left the station and it's just going to get worse as far as forgiveness and these other things. And it's just going to make life more expensive versus saying, hey, you know what, let's address the, the root causes. And that's not what we're doing. So I know this won't sit well with everyone, but I'm not trying to be liked. I'm trying to be here to give you feedback, thoughts, and, and think about things in a different light. So hopefully this was helpful. And I would love comments. I love feedback, whether it's positive or negative. And um, until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, 
if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariesuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.